Welcome to this amazing, mind-blowing podcast. And we are now on air with Nancy. Hi, Nancy, you there? Hi. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on with me. This is great. <laughs> oh, good. Um, so, Nancy had a debut single released for her solo project, Fathom, yesterday. It's called Mother Star. Um, and so, do you want to tell us a little bit about the new project and how it differs from your work in other forms of music, such as your folk trio, Tweed, and everything? Yeah, sure thing. Um, so, last year, right at the beginning of the lockdown, the first one in March, I sort of developed an obsession with designing and building experimental instruments and I wrote and recorded at home an album what well, ended up becoming an album which featured those instruments and uh, so Mother Star was the very first of those songs that was written basically on the first day of that first lockdown and it it looks for a, a, a sense of stability amidst all of the chaos of, of COVID and going into lockdown. So it was, um, it's sort of a, a conversation between the the speaker of the song, the narrator, and the sun. And it looks to the sunrises and the sunsets and the sun basically just continuing to do its thing every day for a sense of reassurance. Yeah, no, it's a great track. And I, I really love the lyricism and so many other factors about it, including um, those homemade instruments and how they come across in recording and everything. Um, <laughs> and I was wondering if you wanted to tell us um, how you how the instruments came to be for this out for this track and everything. Um, sure, especially like the lyre guitar and stuff. <laughs> right. Well, in this track, um, it, I actually wrote it before I started building the instruments, so it existed in its original form, which was just acoustic guitar and vocals, for most of last year. I revisited it at the end of the year after I'd built quite a few of the instruments uh, and overdubbed some some new instrument tracks. So the DIY instruments that are featured on this track include a thing I call an allulophone, mm -hmm. which is made from a butchered school recorder with a balloon stretched over the top as a sort of membrane. So that sounds like um, almost like a saxophone. And those come in right at the end of the song. Mm -hmm. And all throughout the song is a sort of DIY drum kit, which features um, a paint tin, two stock pots, and my fist pounding on the ground. <laughs> so I've, I've, for the drum skins, I've used an inflatable pool toy and sort of taken that to pieces and, and chopped it up and stretched that over the top of the stock pots and the paint tin. So that's the, the DIY drum kit and the DIY horn section. On top of that, or in addition to that, the song has acoustic guitar, fretless bass, um, and, yeah, vocals. Nice. Yeah. No, I think it's really great that you put all those instruments together because it's kind of like, well, now, if you don't have them, there's no excuse. <laughs> you can, you can <laughs> right. put something together that'll work. That's and actually right. Sound yeah, it started great. making the instruments actually out of necessity because you know I, I was writing these songs and I think oh this one would would go really well with a horn uh, a horn section or a string section and the first instrument that I actually made was almost an accident um, I was doing an arrangement for a song for New Zealand Music Month a cover and I wanted to include a cello 
I don't play cello. <laughs> I don't own a cello either, and I couldn't go out and you know find somebody who could play it or, or even rent one. Um, so I ended up putting one together with a tin can and a fence post and a guitar string, and I made a bow for it out of a branch that I found in the yard and some nylon fishing string. And I didn't have any rosin, so my partner and I went down to the beach and um, harvested some pine resin off a pine tree and used that to um, gum up the bow, I guess. And I was it completely exceeded my expectations. I had a really good time making it. It actually sounded kind of like a cello. So when we came out of the lockdown, I thought, well, now that I have access to hardware stores and junk stores and demolition yards, I'm sure I can do much better than that. So Absolutely. the upgraded version is made from a wine box and a matai floorboard. Wow, it's it's so cool, and I I just love how it has like because I've, I've seen photos of them obviously, and they they're right. absolutely <laughs> stunning pieces of woodwork and everything. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so I really like them. Um, it's obviously an area that you have a lot of specialty in now, I guess, because you've taught like workshops around building and inventing instruments. And I read that you work as a piano tuner and also in piano maintenance. Um, how did you end up finding yourself sort of in that area of music, I guess? Well, as a, as a piano tuner, I, I, uh, in February of next year, it'll be my 10th anniversary tuning pianos. And I came into piano tuning because I graduated from university with a double major in English and Spanish and I didn't want to become a teacher or a translator mm-hmm. and I'd been playing music forever basically and I'd have loved to continue playing music but I didn't think that it was financially viable for me as a career uh, so while I was on my OE somebody rec- recommended to me that I work with the instruments which I thought was brilliant it turns out to be a dream job because everyone that I know is a musician in some capacity or another everyone I work with is a musician and it enables me to do stuff with my band and do this Fathom project on the side without needing to rely on it for income. Yeah. So, um, so that's how the piano tuning came about. Interestingly, it, it doesn't really factor into the instrument making because the most interesting instruments for me are the ones that are nothing like pianos because it's, it's unbroken territory. It's, you know, it's entirely unfamiliar. And for me, the joy is in the trial and error and it's mostly error. <laughs> uh, occasionally, it'll you know I'll, I'll stumble across a a happy outcome, but generally it's a lot of trial and error. Yeah. So for me, it's sort of the the play aspect of it. Whereas with piano tuning, that's a very specific mechanism, and there are some transferable skills, but mostly I've I've just been playing and and slowly getting better with the with the instrument making. Um, because with each project, you learn a little bit more that you can apply to the next one. Absolutely. And what an amazing skill to just have, you know, and to sort of like craft for yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's really useful. You can apply it to, to odd jobs around the house as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I was uh, looking at your new track on Spotify, I noticed that you have like an artist playlist as well. Um, and I wanted to talk about the fact that you have um, a few songs on there that I like really, really love that I haven't oh, really come across that many other people that know, such as the um, the Angelo D'Augustine and Sofiane Stevens like project. You had to track off of that, the Back to Oz track. 
Yeah, I love that song. Yeah, it's great. And also, I saw you had a track by Jose Gonzalez and also Macy Gray, which are two artists that I really love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, I found I was listening to a lot of Macy Gray during the bulk of this last lockdown that we've been in in Tamaki Makoto. Um, and yeah, I'd, I'd find I'd just be getting stressed in the afternoon. But, you know, I couldn't go out in tune, so I'd be sitting at home and wondering when I was going back to work and, and, you know, that just general lockdown anxiety that isn't necessarily attached to anything specific, but just exists. And so I would play video games and listen to Macy Gray. Um, and her debut album was actually really calming, oddly enough. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> it's a great album. <laughs> so I listened to a lot of that. And then with the Sufjan Stevens album, um, I actually really love that song. I've listened to a lot of Sufjan Stevens. I actually tuned his piano when he came to Auckland a few years ago. Wow. Um, for the concert. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I really love his work. But I think his collaboration um, almost resulted in him branching out musically. His, his music tends to follow a very specific and uh, constant structure across his, across his work. Yeah. And I found that with that collaboration, it branches out a little bit more and is a bit more complex, which I loved. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I um, find that over the many years that Sufjan Stevens has been making music, he gets a little bit formulaic. But in working with yeah. other people, you are sort of forced to just break out of that anyway, no matter who you are. So that's, that's really right. <laughs> Um, what else do you have coming up with this new project? Okay, so with this project, I've got the um, the second single coming out on the 21st of January and the rest of the album coming out on the 28th of January. Before then, I've got my Tweed album, uh, my Tweed band coming out with an EP. And then following the release of The World to Breathe, there's going to be another Tweed album. So the, the COVID lockdowns have really held up a whole lot of projects and so they're all coming out at once yes but the rest of this album (laughs) sorry what was that busy summer full of releases (laughs) that's right yes but the rest of the fathom album comes out at the end of january yes fantastic awesome well thank you so much for coming on air and talking with me today (laughs) you're so welcome it's been great to have you on and i'm going to be playing mother star out next (laughs) fantastic thank you for having me thank you so that was Nancy Howie from Fathom, this new debut project. And coming up now, we have Mother Star off of the project. Keep it locked on the one. All of our content lives online at r1.co.nz.